Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, (laughs) No matter what your gender identity is, you are welcome here at Revolution, and we are glad to have you. Um, We have some new faces and making new friends, and that's always nice. Um, We are almost done with Galatians, which is completely insane because usually we start Galatians at the beginning of the year. It's only six chapters, and it should be way over by now. But it's not. Was it? And this has been like, what, three months? So, oh well. Um, I think we ended at five, right? Anybody remember? I'm testing you guys. I should remember, but my mind's been so many different places. I'm trying to adjust to my new life. Um, is has has been a challenge. You know, life is challenging. Um, and I'm thinking about so much, and I'm going through so much change right now with my faith and my belief system, and what do I believe? Am I a Christian agnostic? Am I a Christian atheist? Am I a Christian? You know, um, I was thinking about um, that movie uh, where he goes, I just can't quit you. Come on. Brokeback Mountain. I just can't quit you. And I feel that way about Jesus. I just sometimes just can't quit Jesus. And... um, a lot of my friends are a lot better at being like, ah, oh, Jesus was a good teacher and all this and all that, you know. But I just feel like my parents kind of just, I don't know if they brainwashed me into just being crazy in love with Jesus or it's just Jesus' teachings. But I also really dig Martin Luther King Jr. and Nelson Mandela and Gandhi and people like that who I think set freaking amazing examples of what it's like to love your enemies and uh, to love people you disagree with. And as you guys know, I've really been harping lately on the fact that we've got to start communicating with people we disagree with because it's just so much easier. It's so it's easy to write people off and just be like, oh, they're a bunch of morons. But I'll tell you what, if you call somebody a moron, the chances of you having a relationship and having a conversation is a little bit slimmer. And the fact is, is a lot of people are victims of misinformation. And if we want to help free people from misinformation, we've got to learn to sometimes compromise and learn how to have a conversation. That's what M.L. Kell Jr. was, Martin Luther King Jr. was really good at. 
Um, I was reading uh, this guy who is into climate change, and he kept saying, um, Jesus effing Christ, Jesus effing Christ, blah, 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 Jesus effing Christ, you know, going down this rabbit hole. I kept thinking, man, there's tons of people who believe in Jesus who want to see climate change change, who believe in climate change. You know, but you're kind of alienating them a little bit by going down this rabbit hole of being about like, you know, just throwing Jesus under the bus. I'm like, we've got to learn to work together and be smart about it. And this isn't somebody who was just like, oh, I'm freely do. This is somebody who spends their life on climate change, you know, spends their life working on it. And uh, I think there's a better way for us to work together and sometimes, uh, believe it or not, control our tongues. The Bible talks about controlling your tongue. You don't have to say everything that comes to your mind. It's called being a freaking adult, and it's tough as hell. I learn that every day with being a parent. You know, you, there's times I've got to control my tongue, control what I say, control what I do. I learned that going through divorce. You know, there's just certain times where I'm just like, is this a battle worth having? Or are the kids, you know, ultimately more important than this? A lot of people don't want to compromise, but you know what? If you've ever been in a long-term relationship, you know, that's worth fighting for, sometimes that fighting is also a little bit of compromise. I'm not saying you compromise your, your, your pat, your, 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 you know, your basic uh, integrity. Yeah, don't, I'm not saying compromise your integrity. I'm just saying, you know, make allowances for each other. Create a safe space. But we only want to create a safe space in one area. As liberals, we want to create a safe space that's like, everybody's welcome, you know. But that's bullshit. Because we're not, we're not saying, oh, the Trump supporter is going to be able to come in and be in a safe space. Because we're going to tell them they're idiots. And that's not a safe space for them. And to be honest with you, my dad's a Trump supporter, and sometimes I want to tell him he's an idiot. But that's not a safe space. So if we really want to create safe spaces, it's time to rethink that. Now, why am I harping on this rather than talking about Galatians right now? Is because I was just with my psychiatrist, and my psychiatrist said, you seem alive when you talk about bringing people together from different political backgrounds and different belief backgrounds and having conversations. So I don't know if this is some new thing I'm going through or heading towards, but you know what? If you want a real safe space and you really want to put your money where your mouth is, then let's really think about what that looks like. Can, can, can you hear that? You know, seriously, it's, it sucks. It's tough. It's work. It's adulting. You know? Maybe letting some unsafe people into the safe space. 
but also at the same time going to them when they say something crazy and pulling them aside and saying, hey, this is supposed to be a safe space, so we'd prefer if you didn't say that. I would prefer if you didn't use the word gay in a derogatory way. That makes this place less safe. Yeah? Okay. Anyway, that's my soapbox. Let's talk about Jesus and the Bible and all that good stuff. Galatians 5. So Christ has really set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up against slavery to the law. Now do you want to know what freedom means in in Hebrew and in Greek and all that stuff? Do you want to know what that means? No, you don't. Kurt doesn't, I don't think. (laughs) Kurt's kind of just, I don't know. Well, Kurt, I'm going to tell you anyway, buddy. It means freedom. It literally means freedom. It literally means staying free. It's no, usually I can be like, it means which means such and such and this and the Hebrew and whatever. And it's, no, it means being free. It means living a free life. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision, which was the big deal at the time, uh, to make you right with God, then Christ cannot help you. You know, it's like saying if you are counting on being celibate to make you right with God, then Christ cannot help you. I know most people probably don't want to hear that, but I'm going to say it anyway. Or if you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, or you're counting on not being this or not being that, you, God cannot, I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey all the regulations of the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, then you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. In the 80s or 90s, there was a television movie about my parents called Fall from Grace, interestingly enough. Um, and you also hear, often hear people say, oh, they've fallen for grace. But falling from grace is not when you've done something wrong or something bad. Falling from grace is when you've tried to do something right by earning approval by God. God's approval. When you've been trying to do works. When you've been trying to say, well, God will accept me if I do this. You're accepted. That is the point of Galatians is saying you are accepted. Doing all this stuff makes you less accepted. It makes you fall from grace because you're saying, I don't need grace because I've got myself together. And we see that a lot in the church today where people are like, well, I only need grace when I mess up. No, you need grace all the time because we're all messes. We all have these motives and different ideas and different thoughts of what we want to do. We all are in need of grace, and we are all in need of being able to give grace to one another. So this is the best of of Galatians end, so I'm not going to read all of it. I'm tempted to read all of it, but I'm not going to. But part of it says, 
It makes no difference to God whether you're circumcised or not circumcised. What is important, listen to this, what is important is faith expressing itself in love. And if you go to Corinthians 13, love talks about never giving up, never losing faith, always being hopeful, enduring through every circumstance. Love is an incredible thing. Um... Love doesn't often ask for space. Love doesn't often ask for, you know, staying away. Love is always trying to accept and understand and find a common ground. And that's the beautiful thing about love. It's also the very difficult thing about love is finding common ground. I find that going through a divorce right now is still having love for my ex-wife and she's still, you know, I mean, not in love, but love and finding that common ground of, uh, of grace, you know, where do we do that? You know, and it's tough. It's really tough because we have big disagreements on how things should be run or how we should spend the money or how we should separate or and all that stuff, you know, and it's trying to find a graceful way to to compromise our lives and move on and raise these kids together. Um, you are getting along so well. I'm, I'm jumping around. Who has interfered with you to hold you back from following the truth? It is certainly isn't God, for God is the one who called you to freedom. But... It takes only one wrong person amongst you, in fact, the others. A little yeast spreads quickly through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to bring you back to believe as I do about these things. God will judge the person, whoever it is, who has been troubling you with confusing you. And the confusion is saying, go back to the law, get circumcised, do certain holidays, do certain things to be approved by God. This is the information. This is the wrong information that's coming out. He's saying this is the confusion. But the works, doing good things or doing bad things can both separate you from God and grace. And so this little dough that spreads quickly is often this self-righteousness that we see in the evangelical church today. Because people think it makes sense. Well, if I don't do this, and I don't do that, and I don't go to the bar, and I don't go to the, you know, do this. I mean, for me, it was like, you know, if I avoid sex, if I avoid going to the bar, if I avoid hanging out with the wrong people, if I do this kind of stuff, I'm okay. But it was exactly the opposite of what Jesus did. Jesus was constantly going to the wrong place. He was constantly ceremonially unclean. He was going to parties three days in where everybody was drunk and wasted and hanging out with them. You know, I mean, I was like, and I was being told the exact opposite. Anyway, I hope this is okay. Now, this is where Paul gets really pissed. I only wish those troublemakers who want to mutilate you, which by circumcision, by circumcision would mutilate themselves. And 
And the more accurate translation would mean castrate themselves. He's like saying, basically, I wish they would castrate themselves because I'm really tired of this crap. What they're trying to make you do in order to be approved by God. You know? I'm not, for me, 10 years ago, it was, I'm tired of seeing people trying to make people straight. It made me insane. Or telling people they needed to be celibate because they were gay. You have to, God's given you a celibate life and you can't do this and you can't be with the person you love and you can't do this. And I wanted God to basically cut those people off. I mean, I wanted them to cut themselves off. I was like, well, you go be celibate then. You know, you self-righteous, self-righteous, straight bastard. You know, you go do that. You know, you deny love for someone that you care about. Because anybody knows if you've been in a relationship long enough that it's not really about sex. Sex kind of fades away. I mean, it's nice if sex stays around for a while. I I like it. But um, I think it's a good time. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, after years of marriage, it's not your main thing. And it's like evangelicals are obsessed with, like, sex. And um, they couldn't get the idea of, like, relationship and partnership and sharing lives together. You know? How important that is. I grieve my marriage because I don't have the partnership of raising my kids together and I miss the family unit. It's... I mean, yeah, I miss the sex a little bit. I'm not lie, but it's not. That's not the main thing, you know. This thing on, this thing on. Minnesotans are the <laughs> quietest people in the world. I know. What do you expect? It's the hardest people to reach out to to get to come to church, and then you get to come to church, and then you're all quiet. <laughs> In the South, it was a little bit different. (laughs) There you go. Um, And then here's my jam. Are you ready for my jam? For the whole law can be summed up in this commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself, but instead of showing love amongst yourselves, You are always biting and devouring one another. Watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Now, I have shared this for the whole law can be summed up with the command, love your neighbor as yourself. And I shared this on Facebook not too long ago. And I had so many people tell me what pie, that it was pie in the sky and that it wasn't realistic to love people and that you let people get away with murder if you love them. And forgive them. And that's just not true. That's just not how love works. You know? I love my kids. My son ran out in the street the other day, and we had to have a serious talk. My son has been throwing toys at daycare. You know what? I just sit down with him and be like, you can't throw toys at daycare. You can't throw toys at home. Well, what about a ball? I love it. Like, okay, you can throw a damn ball. (laughs) Well, what's a ball? Is a ball a toy? I'm like, oh my gosh, are you a lawyer? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> confusing me. I'm like, yes. I'm like, you just can't throw Spider-Man action figures at other kids, okay? <laughs> or any other type of action figures. Well, what's an action figure? A ball's not an action figure? I mean, he's only three, so we're trying to work this out. Um, <laughs> but um, it's just amazing to me how many people... Martin Luther King did this, okay? Martin Luther King Jr. did this. Um, South Africa, uh, what's his name? Nelson. Nelson Mandela did this. Gandhi did this, okay? So this isn't pie-in-the-sky crap. These guys did this stuff. Now, a lot of them, it got them killed. Jesus did this, and it got him killed. Paul did this, and it got him killed. So I'm not saying it's the most popular thing to do. But what I'm saying is, is I think we can do it now without killing one another. But if we are biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. I'll be honest with you. Right now, I have been in, in a relationship where there's been some biting and devouring, and I'm worried that I'm being destroyed. You know? I just hurt. I'm hurt. It sucks. I hate the fact that we don't want, that we think love is just this lovey-dovey thing. Now, now, I'll give you the honest truth. I know that they would have debriefings, MLK's group would have debriefings where they would get together and they would talk crap about the people they were dealing with. Like they would take the piss out of these racist southern people, southern cops and stuff, and they would blow off steam. But in their professional life, they did not bite and devour them. They said, you're victims of misinformation. Now, these were guys who were beating them and hanging their friends, okay? Hanging them, killing them. Not just imprisoning them, but hanging them, burning them in buses, doing horrible things like this. Paul is here dealing with people who are being killed every day for this. But he's saying it is possible to love people without biting and devouring one another. Watch out, beware of destroying one another. We have the power to destroy each other with our words and with our accusations and with getting on Twitter and doing our little, you know, and all that stuff. Hurt people. And it's a lot easier to hurt strangers right now than it is other people. But we, you know, we just have that power. I don't want to do that. It's exhausting. I'm called to be a peacemaker. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. Find another church. Find another place to go. I don't know how much I believe that Jesus is God, but I do know that Jesus was a peacemaker, and I do know I believe in that. All right, let's jump on a little bit. I was going to go through the fruits of the Spirit, but I'll hit a little bit about it, but not much. I'm not going to hit the sin part. I'm going to hit the good parts. But when the Holy Spirit controls your lives, there will produce these kinds of fruits in us. This is a good part about this faith that I can still hold on to and cherish. Love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here there is no conflict with the law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires and sinful natures to the cross, crucified them there. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit, leading every part of our lives. Let's not become conceited or irritate, ir, irritate one another or be jealous of one another. You know how hard that is? Sometimes I see my friends' lives become extremely successful in what they're doing, and it's hard not to be jealous sometimes, you know? Um, It's hard for me not to want to irritate certain people online. I see people tearing each other apart. I see people trying to compromise. Recently, I've I've seen this struggle that one of my, uh, a pastor friend of mine is trying really hard to, figure out where he is on ex- on LGBTQ issues and people are really coming after him and he's really trying to be open about it. Um, he's evolving slowly but people are beating him up as he's evolving and I'm afraid him being beat up is going to cause him to back up and hold on to his his more conservative ideas. So what I've been trying to do is reach out with direct messages going like, how can I help? How can I get you to be more affirming? How can we talk about this? How can I get you to maybe just just come out as an ally? You know, what can we do? You know, what can we, you know, rather than saying, this isn't enough. You're not doing enough. It's like we don't even recognize when people are starting to change a little bit or evolve a little bit and so we don't make room for personal growth. And Paul's saying make room for personal growth here. But we don't do that anymore in this generation. And I mean by this generation, all of us alive. I don't just mean generation Y or generation X or whatever generations or what now. You know? We make very little room for people to evolve on their feelings and on their emotions. And if people are evolving, that means they're slowly changing. And they may change and they may become our allies. You know? And we might get the chance to teach them how to be an ally and say, well, I appreciate you coming this far. How about I hold your hand and help you go a little bit further? I really believe this stuff. Passionately. I believe change is possible. I believe growth is possible. There was a time in my life where I wasn't sure where I stood. But there were people who loved me and reached out to me and questioned me and had hard questions for me. I remember one of my really good lesbian friends saying, and I said, well, I don't think it's a choice, you know, and I blah, 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 and I stand with it. And she goes, well, what if it is a choice? I was like, oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess you've got me there. So maybe it is, a, you know, for you, maybe it is a choice. And that's okay. 
You know what I'm saying? It was like one of those things where it was like, I thought I could only see it one way. And so I was like, I can only see this. And then she's saying, well, no, what if I choose this? What if I'm, you know, and I'm going, shit, okay. You're challenging me. And it caused me to grow. And it caused me not to just go like, I've got to put everybody in a little box. You know? It was a friend of mine, Randy, who's a uh, gay pastor in Arkansas, who was talking, would talk to me for hours a day about the scriptures and about my opinions and about ideas to help me grow. You know, and then I ended up winning an award from P Flag for their first religious, their first religious award they ever gave out to an ally. But I did that because people were patient with me and helped me grow, and they didn't just write me off, and they didn't just say, "Well, we're gonna just put you behind us. We're just gonna um, boycott anything that you you're a part of." Instead, they said, we're going to have conversations with you. I mean, I remember the first time somebody came up to me and said, Jay, you use pronouns all the time for God, and it, dry, it really hurts me. I don't think, you know, and I was going like, at first I was like, well, that's just what the Bible says, so don't give me a hard time about it, you know. <laughs> and then I realized, like, God doesn't have a penis, you know or a vagina, or God has a penis and a vagina. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't think God is, I don't think God's a man in the sky or a woman in the sky. So, but the point was, is I had to learn and I had to have somebody come up and talk to me and say, grow, think about this differently. And it took time. And this, we'll end this here in a second. Um, and we'll be done with Galatians, which is scares the living daylights out of me because that means I have to come up with something next week. And uh, I have no idea what to come up with. Um, I wish it was Easter next week because I have a good idea for an Easter sermon, but it's not Easter next week. It's Palm Sunday. So maybe I'll just bring some palms and we'll wave them and be done. Um, we'll get a donkey. We're going to be really high pro- production. Dear brothers and sisters, if another Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently... Now listen to this. You who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation of yourself. Share each other's troubles and problems and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone in need, you are only fooling yourself. You are really a nobody. So instead of saying, if someone fails, expose them, destroy them, and fire them, and tell them to go get another job. Now, I don't know. I'm not saying certain things aren't called for that. But I'm just saying, it's saying if somebody messes up, help them out, restore them, redirect them. If my kids mess up, I don't just throw them out. That's why I don't believe in hell. Because if somebody messes up and is like, oh, I'm just going to throw you on the burner. You know, I mean, that's freaking insane, you know. Um, but here it's saying if someone, and, and the sin that he's talking about being overcome by is legalism. 
He's saying if another Christian is overcome by legalism and starts to be judgmental and all this stuff, you should humbly and gently sit down with this person and say, you're being a judgmental bastard. It's time to maybe take a second look. We forgive one another. I mean, the world could be a better place. This is all stuff like John Lennon and stuff saying about too, okay? You know, I mean, this is thing of Martin Luther King, John Lennon, all these different people talked about forgiving and loving and caring. And this is the beautiful part of the, of the Bible. There are some ugly parts of the Bible. There are some really disgusting parts of the Bible that I can't stand. But these are parts of the Bible that are beautiful and make my faith seem somewhat real and that I can pick and choose what I like, which I do, and this is part of it that keeps me going. I want to be restored if I screw up. If I say something wrong or do something wrong, I would hope that you guys would help me back out. Rather than just say, move on. Now, I've, this is my second divorce. Now, 20 years ago, I would not be a pastor. I'd be done. You know, so times have changed where restoration and, and, and helping other people and building other people up does help. People have more empathy. Now, the evangelicals, I don't know right now. Evangelicals are a mess. Um, so many of them that are involved with the Trump and things like that, they're a mess. They need our help. They need our compassion. Uh, they need our truth. They need our harsh truth in some ways. Um, but it's also exposed what they really are. That's what nonviolence did. Nonviolence, by being beaten up and not fighting back, exposed what the other people really were. You know, exposed, like, these are hateful people. Exposed their victims of misinformation. Exposed what they were. And uh, right now we're at that point where we kind of have to expose people for what they are. If you think you're too important to help someone in need, you're only fooling yourself. You're really nobody. I'm just going to end with this. I'm just going to jump down and end with this because it's 12 it's time to move on as for me god forbid that i should boast about anything except the cross of our lord jesus christ because of the cross my interest in this world died long ago and the world's interest in me also died long in it in it it doesn't make any difference now whether you've been circumcised or not what counts is whether we really have been changed into new and different people and being changed into new different people is this being loving, being patient, being caring, practicing kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and restoring one another and learning to work out our problems and have conversations rather than alienating one another and making the world a crappier place. I mean, if you see, like, even with kind of the hypocrisy with some of the stuff with Joe Biden, how we haven't held him up to the same accountability as we have held up to some of the conservatives. Now, I'm not, I don't, I don't have a real judgment on Joe, to be honest with you. I haven't really been paying a whole lot of attention. But the fact is, is there's a double standard. And we liberals often have a big double standard. 
and I, I don't like that anymore. It's a hypo- it's hypocrisy. It's what it is. We just find it to be hypocr- easy to be be hypocrites because we're touchy and feely and sensitive. Unless you're on the other side of the aisle, and I don't like being sensitive towards my conservative brothers and sisters all the time. It's really hard because my dad's really conservative and says a lot of crazy stuff, and it's really hard to deal with. Um, but I'm also really trying. Blessed are the peacemakers. So I hope we can learn to be peacemakers. Anyway, here's my two cents. I'm going to close with a quick prayer. So if you pray, you can. If not, don't worry about it. Lord, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. And, uh, just forgiveness and gentleness. Help us to practice that. Uh, Help us to start a revolution of grace. Amen. Um, Revolution is a nonprofit, and if those of you listening online, we'd much rather have you than your money, but we do survive through money, so if you'd like to make a donation, you can go to revolutionchurch.com and donate there, or you can go to our Facebook page, page and hit the donation button there and donate there Um, but we'd much rather have you than your money Um, so thank you so much for listening Uh, this is Revolution Church a post-Christian production